up everybody welcome to episode number 89 of one before i die getting up there in episodes almost to episode 100 kind of crazy to think about it started this thing um almost two years ago at this point and uh, almost through the 100th episode mark so that should be a nice little milestone coming up but um ethan how you doing uh i know that you know we bounced back after taking a week off last week kind of getting back in the groove but um yeah, getting up there in episodes and and back for another week of Sabres and Bills talk. Some some news that kind of went around this past week that we can cover. But um, other than that, I mean, how are you doing over there in Chicago? You know, same old, same old. Or what's up? Same old, same old. <laughs> nice. Not much. Not much else going on. You know, yeah. off season life. Off season life. I feel that I'm still down here in Charlotte. By the way, extended stay for the kid. Just decided to come back. I'm just absolutely ripping it up down here in the Carolinas. Um, but anyway, with that being said, I guess we get right right into it here. Uh, a little outline of the episode before we dive in. Um, NHL draft lottery happened over the, the past week, which is something that, to be honest, both of us completely forgot about. We probably could have previewed that a little bit in last episode, um, you know, the whole drafting the, the lottery, the, the picks. And um, obviously the Sabres ended up with the number one pick. They were the favorites, the favorites to get the number one pick. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, Julio Jones finally got dealt out of Atlanta. Obviously, he was rumored that he was uh, requesting a trade out. They wanted him to move him. It finally materialized with the Tennessee Titans, so he will be coming to the AFC. Keep in mind that the Bills do play the Titans this year um, in primetime, I believe, so we'll be seeing Julio Jones uh, in, in a Titans uniform. And then also, a couple things online on the Twitter sphere uh, came out today just about the Sabres in general. Um, about, I guess it seems like they're going to start to get pretty busy here in the offseason. Over the next couple of weeks, looks like they're really ramping up their coaching search, ramping up maybe uh, trade types with Eichel, Reinhardt, other guys. If they're going to do it, sounds like it's going to come within the next few weeks, so we're going to keep an eye on all that. And then also um, a little tidbit that kind of came out about Jared Gallant, uh, you know, one of the coaching guys out there, one of the free agent coaches that we've talked about a lot, Some of, one of the guys that both Ethan and I like for the Sabres. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to, want to even coach for the Sabres in general, but he uh, had some words to say about Owen Power, who is, I think, the projected number one pick in the NHL draft, which I thought was pretty interesting too. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I guess we'll start it with, we'll, we'll group all the NFL stuff, and the NHL stuff separately. So we'll start with the Julio Jones stuff, I guess, because that's kind of the one football thing. And then we'll transition into the more Sabres and NHL talk. Um, but yeah, Julio Jones, he got moved to the Tennessee Titans, obviously from Atlanta for, I think, two 
uh, draft picks. I think it was a second, a fifth rounder. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, I think that's what it is off the top of my head. Uh, and I think the biggest implication here, just from a Bills fan standpoint, is that he's coming to the AFC. He's coming to a team that we play this year. He, you know, he's coming to a, a team that we're going to have to play in the playoffs, maybe that's going to be in the mix. Um, but I mean, I guess what was your initial takeaway on this? And, and also were you upset that, you know, cause uh, obviously a lot of Bills fans wanted the, the Bills to make a move for Julio, you know, were you upset that it went the Titans way as opposed to coming to Buffalo? What was your overall takeaway from the get? I wasn't on, I wasn't one of the guys that was really pulling for Julio coming to the Bills. It would have been nice. I think what would they end up giving up? You said a second and a fifth round pick. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have made that deal. I just don't think the Bills had the uh, the, the salary cap luxury that the the Titans had. Um, you know, I ideally I don't love him going to the Titans. They're I think they're right there with the top of the AFC, uh, probably like a step below the Bills, Chiefs, and maybe Browns. I don't know. I think they're right there, honestly. So I mean, him, them getting Julio Jones, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, maybe put them over the top. I still think their defense was more their weak spot than their offense. I mean, you have AJ Brown, who's, um, you know, maybe getting to like the top five wide receiver status in the NFL. He's he's super young. He's a freak. Uh, and then you also got you know Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in the league. You add a veteran like Julio Jones to the mix, who's been you know a proven uh, NFL stud wide receiver yeah that's kind of scary um you know julio jones to me he's always good for a hamstring injury that lingers throughout the season um you know fantasy football wise it's always a, kind of a gamble in my eyes to take him you know in that first round because you don't know what kind of julio you're going to be getting the entire year is he going to be hurt for half the year is he going to be uh you know walking around with some nagging injury that he maybe plays through but he doesn't play well so I don't think, it, like, as far as does it change me, like, putting them ahead of the Bills as far as contending with the Chiefs for the AFC? No. Like, I don't think it pushes them over. Um, but I would have much rather them gone to the NFC. Or I know, like, the Patriots were another team that were in the mix for him. I, I kind of – this sounds crazy, but I kind of rather have, have had of him gone to the Patriots. Wow, that was tough. But I would rather have the Patriots get him. A little fumble with the words there. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't think they have a quarterback that can get them the ball. But, uh, yeah, F Falcons are a dumpster fire. And yeah. I, I don't know what's, what their next move is. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's definitely going to be tough playing the Titans now. You're going to have to have two cornerbacks to cover uh, two top ten wide receivers So when they're both healthy. Yeah, I mean, my, my take on this thing is, is first of all, I, I agree with you that I was never – pushing for Julio to come to the Bills very hard at all. I, I, I didn't really want to, you know, mortgage our future or whatever it was that we had to give up to get him. Obviously, it came out that it was a second and a fifth. You know, it doesn't sound too bad on paper, but at the end of the day, it's still two picks that maybe are pretty valuable, at, you know, down the line where Julio probably only has a few more good years left. But my take on this whole thing was that it, it's kind of the Titans and the Bills are similar in the sense, and you kind of touched on it, where the offense for both teams are they're strengths and the defense is where they need the most help. So to me, it's like the Titans offense. I feel like, you, you know, you add a guy like Julio obviously is an electric 
threat and it's very exciting in the moment, but I feel like it's almost better on paper than it's going to actually turn out. It seems like you could only get too good on offense. And I feel like the Titans have an offense where, you know, they're capable of making deep playoff runs before they got him. So I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think it really brings them up to the next level. I think they need help on the defensive side of the ball. That's why I'm kind of in the same boat where if the bills got him, like obviously it's like, yeah, we got Julio Jones, this big name wide receiver, but I don't really think it does that much kind of, you know, off the bat as it might seem just when you have that big name flying throughout social media and everything. So, and, and also the injury thing, like you brought up, I mean, he, he's good. He's electric, but he's going to get injured. He's not going to play a full 17 game season. Um, he's getting older. I, I don't know. I, it was kind of not as, as big of a deal to me as it was. I feel like to a lot of other people, it just seemed like, you know, Atlanta wanted to move on from him. They got the trade they wanted goes to the Titans where they already had a good offense to begin with. Yeah. He's going to add a little bit, but he's probably gonna get hurt. Uh, so that's, that's the way I felt about it. It doesn't really scare me at all. When we, when we play them, I'm not really like, you know, going to be more scared of them. I mean, they put up 40 plus on us already without him. So it's like, we have to kind of worry about, you know, just our defense in general before we have to worry about, you know, another threat. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't pissed at the bills. Didn't get them. It, to me, it was whatever. I don't think, I think Julio is getting over the hill here in the, in the next couple of years. That, that was my whole take on that. Um, Moving on from the NFL, though, that was kind of the only really big thing, I guess, that happened, you know, with the Bills. There wasn't really other news besides more OTAs. Shout out OTAs. Um, but I think the Bills are just – they're keeping it rolling. I don't know if Star has showed up or what's going on with that. But not too much other news um, out of the Bills front. But moving on to hockey. So the NHL draft lottery happened, and the Sabres ended up with the number one pick again. And – I was watching this thing live and uh, to be honest, my mind was put in a pretzel because you know how they have the projected odds of, you know, what team is projected to get this pick. And they had that whole board on the screen. And I think I texted you and dad, I texted my buddies because I was just like completely like in a pretzel about it. But the first 12 picks that were drawn out of the lottery, they went, you know, they obviously go back. There's 15 teams in the running for it. So 15 down to one the first 12 were in the order that were projected to be like that. That definitely doesn't happen a lot. Right. Like, I feel like that's kind of weird. I don't know how it works. So <laughs> I guess well, like, I'm, I'm just saying that I was watching and I'm like, and they're like, all right, with the 15th pick Anaheim or whatever it was. And, and it just 14, 13, and the exact same way that it was like scripted to go until the top three picks. And the only one that was different is the, crack and got two instead of three but either way i just uh, this doesn't really have any you know implication i think i just thought it was wild how it was going the exact order and i mean the sabers were favored they were the the, the biggest favorites to get the number one pick and they ended up getting it i will say my initial reaction to when i was watching this i was very excited but at the same time like i just thought it was comical like i just think it was like hilarious seeing the sabers like number one pick it's like this team that's gotten Darlene, gotten eichel gotten reinhardt these all these top two picks over the past five to seven years biggest dumpster fire every year this year and it's like it's almost like the nhl's just throwing us a bone right here's the number one pick again don't screw it up and i, I just saw it i'm just like god like uh, if we screw this up somehow i mean i, I will take all the help we can get but it, it's just funny that we got it and it's also classic Sabres how this is probably the first year in what the past three to four years where there's not really a bona fide number one and I know we'll talk yep. about this own power guy who seems like he's starting to become the front runner but it's no Lafreniere it's no McDavid it's no Jack Hughes right it, the, the past three years it seemed like there was always someone that was a for sure lock for number one 
of course, this year the Sabres get it, and, and you know, it's kind of up in the air. Um, but I don't know. Did you watch the draft lottery at all? Did you have any yeah. takes on it really? I mean, I mean I, I, one thing before you hop in actually is I will say shout out to the NHL how compared to other, other leagues, right, the NFL, NBA, they're very straight to the point, and that's what I like about their draft shows and stuff. And the NFL, you can – Hey, tune in at 8 o'clock for the draft. The draft doesn't start till 9. At least with the lottery, you go on NBCSN, the guy comes out, right? You know, they keep it rolling. So the NHL is very professional with that. It's just, you know, it's a classy sport and they get right to the point. So that's what I liked about the show in general, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I tuned in. I, I get what you're saying there. I just, <laughs> it's always like cracks me up, like how they even have these shows. They had like those GMs, like every time a team would get announced, they'd flash to the GM and it's like, what do <laughs> you what reactions do you are pretty funny. What are you expecting the GM to do? Like most of the time, they're just sitting there nodding. Like, okay, we get a couple that of them pick. were like pretty pissed, low key. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, as far as like what you're saying, yeah, it's classic Sabers. We get our first, you get the first pick of the draft in a year where it's like, how you know, three or four guys can probably go number one, and none of them are really projected to be anything uh, of a for sure lock. Um, and I mean, a lot of it has to do with COVID because you know, the, the Canadian junior leagues weren't playing for a good chunk of the season. A lot of these guys come in at the top are like college players, which is kind of uncommon. Um, but yeah, uh, that Owen power seems like he's uh, getting a lot of the, uh, the love so far. Um, they just won the gold at that, that junior tournament. I think he had like a really, really good tournament that I HF, I don't think uh, it was juniors. It was just like the world championship. Or the, yeah, the world championships. I know Canada won gold, and he, he was part of that team. Yeah, and whatever. I, I The thing I want to talk about is, like, I see some people on, you know, social media saying, well, the Sabres don't need to draft another defenseman or, you know, like, we got, you know, we got to get some offense. It's like, dude, when you're you need coming everything. in last. Yeah, when you're coming in last on a consistent basis like we have for the past four or five years now it's like you don't have the luxury of picking by a position you pick the best player that's on the board and you don't question it for one bit so if it's you know if the best player is a defenseman this year and he's you know head and shoulders above everybody else then you take him because he could help our team out for sure uh don't you you don't look at that defense and tell me that there's no holes in it and we couldn't use another stud defenseman uh then you're absolutely crazy so and if you're yeah. a good team in general, it's not it, – when it comes to the number one pick, at least in my opinion, it, you pick best player available no matter what. Like, it, even if you – you know what I mean? If, even if the Sabres were in a way better position, when you have the number one overall pick, you pick the best player. Like, unless you don't want it, then you trade back. You don't just – you know, you don't pass up on some better talent because you need a position need when it's number one specifically, I guess is what I'm saying. No, 100%. So, um. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm just, like, really skeptical because it seems like, you know, <laughs> with, with like, five or six players, or, I mean, maybe not that many, but I would say, like, three or four players that could possibly go number, go number one, I'm just waiting for the fact that we're not going to pick the right guy and there's going to be one guy that's way better than the other ones who's probably going to end up on, like, the Kraken or, yeah. uh, you know, who else is in the top? Is it Anaheim, I think? Like, you know, one of, these, one of yeah. these other West Coast teams is going to be getting like some stud. And then we're just going to be stuck with a guy that will always be not as good as that guy. So um, that's how it seems. That's how it usually seems to go, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, like we got Reinhardt, who was who was good. But then like 
right after him was Leon Dreisaitl. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm just kind of just bracing myself for that moment. Just like how I'm bracing myself for the Eichel trade, like bracing myself for the fact that we're going to not going to get the best guy out of this draft class. All right. Well, speaking of the, the guy that I guess has been coming to the front here as the front runner, it seems like as soon as this lottery was put into play, or as soon as the lottery was placed and we got uh, the number one pick, it seemed to be this own power guy. Obviously we mentioned him. He's defenseman. I think he plays at Michigan. He's a Canadian kid. Um, and so I, at this point, and you know, we've gone over the whole draft thing where we don't really know the prospects that well at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I think they get this guy, right? I mean, I think he's been the talk uh, all over Twitter, all over analysts, not just like Sabres fans and Sabres blogs, but it seems like a lot of people are calling this guy. Maybe if there was a lock in this draft, it would be him. Um, I don't know much about him. And just back to like what you were saying is the Sabres need to get best position available. So I know he's a defenseman and, and I know a lot of best player Sabres available. Fans, sorry, best player available. I, I know he's a defenseman. I know a lot of Sabres fans want forward, but as you said, as I agree, they could have used a lot of help on D this year as well. But the one thing I want to say about this guy, and this kind of also relates to the coaching search here um, is what Gerard Gallant had to say about him. And this is something that kind of like ties into maybe we can leverage this in order to get Gallant to, you know, coach in Buffalo. And I know that's, he has probably the pick of the litter for where he wants to go. He, he obviously brought Vegas to where they were, and it seems like he would be the perfect fit for a team like the Kraken, right? But at the same time, this is what he had to say. Um, talking about own power. He goes, power is going to be a superstar hockey player. We all know he's got the talent and skill, but to see him do what he does at this level of hockey as an 18-year-old, he's going to be outstanding. So. Apparently, Gallant loves this power guy. And if you're the Sabres, in my opinion, you know, this is the guy I've always wanted. And like I said, he's brought a Vegas team, an expansion team to where they were and built that team up. And I think that firing was kind of crazy when it happened. It, it seems like this is a kind of coach that can kind of take a bunch of these, you know, players, misfit players and, and, and make something out of them, give them an identity. That seems what the Sabres have become lately is a bunch of players that are kind of young and, and kind of need that leadership. And then you kind of, you, you see him, he comes out and says this about the guy that's projected to be the number one pick. And guess who has the number one pick? The Sabres. You got to kind of try to leverage it that way. Maybe get him in the mix. And, and I know I'm kind of shooting here in the blank, but I mean, that's just something that pops out to me. And, and you kind of say like, if Galan, if you really love this guy that much, you come in and you want him, we're going to, we're going to choose him for you. you. You have to, you know, you get this coaching job. We give it to you. We're giving you free reign on that to build this roster and, and whatever. But I mean, if he's talking about this power kid like he is, I mean, hey, we have that that choice to get him and, and leverage that to get him in in the Buffalo coaching job. And I don't know how that's going to work. And like I said, he's he can probably go wherever he wants. But I just thought that was interesting seeing him say that, especially the way that you know I want to become the Sabres coach. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that quote at all, but it seems like he really likes this guy. So I mean, that's where I'm going with the Sabres pick. I, I hope they get him at this point. Yeah. I mean, if, if Gallant's your guy, that's obviously something that you want to um, leverage. Right. But I, you know, I, I don't know. Did Gallant, sorry, this might, this might be a dumb question. Did, did Gallant, was he the coach of that Canadian team for the juniors tournament? I, I have no idea. Is it, <laughs> I don't know. Look that up. Uh, Cause I think that's why he was saying that, or he must've been involved somehow, maybe not at all. And people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? But I, like I had a, I thought I had like a weird feeling that he was like involved with that team somehow, but uh, no, I agree. I mean, if, if it's always good hearing 
you know, NHL and, and hockey people talk highly of players coming into the league. You have okay, something? Yeah. 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 Glant was the coach. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that doesn't like hold as much water now because he just coached him. <laughs> that uh, definitely does. At least to me, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know he I didn't know he's the coach, but I, it still holds a little bit to me. I mean, he knows him in and out. Yeah. But I guess that is but right, like, right. You're going to say yeah. that about your player. You're going to say that about your player now. And it's not like, <laughs> it's not like he's just saying that out of the blue. Cause he's like, Hey, maybe I want to land a job in Buffalo. And they know they're going to like, that maybe gets me a job or gets me an interview there. Okay. But spin zone again. Hey, you love coaching this guy so much. Come coach him again in the NHL. Like, actually, sure. Like, no, you know yeah. I mean? I mean, if Kevin Adams, you know, likes him, then I would definitely go that route. Right. But if I'm Jared Gallant, I'm not coaching in Buffalo just because Owen Power is going to go there. That you know, that he's not going to be the guy that turns around the franchise, especially because I'm also hearing reports. Uh, I believe it was Drager or somebody else that was talking about how, regardless of who goes number one, there's nobody that's likely to play in the league next year. So, oh really? There's, yeah, there's not really uh, like someone that's considered to be like a lock to be NHL ready um, going into in, into the league next year. So it's good to hear that. I want you know I take it with a grain of salt now that he's he just coached him in a, in a tournament and they just won gold. So it's like yeah, he's obviously going to hype him up a little bit, especially with the draft coming up. Probably wants to you know do him a solid, but you know we might not even see him day one and you know on the Sabres roster next year. He might be going right. back to June or college. He might, um, you know, be playing. I don't I can he got college probably. He'd probably go back to college if he's, if he's not making the Sabres roster, but um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that, with Gallant. I'd love him. You know, I think I've said that, like he's one of the few coaches that I take over Donnie meatballs coming back. It's probably, it's probably uh Gallant and, uh, Johnny Tortorella, like those are the two guys that I'd I'd like, and then I'm a I'm a meatballs guy through and through. So what about like Boudreaux, Boudreaux. I don't know why people get hyped on Boudreaux. I mean, because well, yeah, he's got I'm, experience. It's that you he's know, got experience. But what like I've said before, is like we can't be taking chances here. Sure, but like, what does Boudreaux do for you? You know, look at like who's he coach? Like Minnesota, like Anaheim. He was nice in Anaheim. Didn't he win the cup with Anaheim? I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if he did or not. Well, but. if we're in the business of winning cups. <laughs> yeah, I just think – I don't know. I just think that he's different than those other – like Gallant and Tortorella are like hard-nosed Okay, coaches. what about – okay, then what about – Like Bilesma. Bilesma won a, co- a cup in Pittsburgh. How did he turn out? I just could see like Boudreaux being like the same thing as what about, Bilesma. Uh, what about Rick Tockett? Tockett, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I'd love him more than – He's like, a, he's like a hard – what I like about Taka is he, like, reminds me of, like, a, almost like a Brenda Moore. Like, he's, like, a young, like, hard-nosed but he, guy he that couldn't can relate figure, to the players. He couldn't figure it out in Arizona, you know. I, they were, they, I don't think they had a very good roster, and they were right in the mix for playoffs, kind of. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, this I is just don't, kinda, I just don't see, like, a Boudreaux or a Tockett uh, be, like I, – I just think, like, Granado – has he has like a lot of these guys playing better than they ever have towards the end of the year so it's like unless you're going to get a guy that's going to be a complete culture shock like a Tortorella or a Gallant 
it's like to me that doesn't really get me going will I be okay with it yeah like Boudreaux or if Boudreaux or Tockett's the coach I'll yeah I'll be I'll be okay with it but you know I would like if you had to ask me I'd probably prefer Granado over those guys all right. Just, they, they, don't, they don't really get my gears turning. You know, they don't right, get well, my gears turning like those other two guys. We'll see how it goes. I'm, you know me, I'm still in the, in the camp of getting new blood in there. I'd rather those guys over Granado, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Last thing here is you texted me this earlier, this, uh, this tweet from Darren Dreger. And, I mean, this kind of goes along with everything we've just been talking about. But um, he tweeted out earlier today or yesterday, as you guys are listening to this, he said the Buffalo Sabres will provide ample content in the weeks ahead. Aside from the ongoing coach search, uh, NHL clubs are calling Buffalo with interest in a number of players, including Jack Eichel, initial conversations that will increase as we get closer to the draft. So it seems like all the stuff we were just talking about that we talked about last week just now, coaching, Jack Eichel trades, all that kind of stuff, leading up to the draft. What, when is the draft, by the way, do you know? uh end of june early july i think okay so it seems like before that in this next three or four week period it's going to start going for the sabers here so get your popcorn ready i think that there's going to be a coaching uh decision made i think that the trade with eichel if it happens is going to happen um basically dreger is saying you know it's going to start ramping up here in buffalo uh and making moves in the offseason that we've been solely highly anticipating so be ready That's I, I take I it say. back the draft this year got pushed back because of COVID to the end of July. So it's July 23rd and 24th. Okay. I still think it's going to, I mean, according to Dreger, which I trust, I guess he said in the weeks ahead. So I, I guess it's going to start ramping up here. So I, I, I don't really have anything to add to it other than just, just be ready. Right. I mean, get the popcorn ready. Cause it's going to start going down. Yeah. <laughs> Expect it. <laughs> Expect it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I said it last time. You know, it's time for people to start accepting the fact that people are going to get traded, especially Jack Eichel. And if you haven't accepted it now, maybe Drager, that Drager tweet got you over the edge. And, I mean, I've been saying it since, what, J- January? No, not January. I've been saying well, it since. I wasn't, I wasn't saying expect the Eichel trade necessarily. I was just ex- saying expect, like, the trade or not to happen, like, being officially announced in the next one, like there's gonna be decisions made regardless of what happens. I'm saying in right. the next couple weeks. That's all I'm saying. But we've been talking about how this this summer is gonna be absolutely wild for the Sabres. We've been saying that for months and months now. Yeah, so and like, I'm saying it's that now time it's is happened. here. That, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So no, we're on the same page. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Were you Whatever. expecting me to like chime in with a little bit more analysis there? I mean, I, I was just trying to hear your thoughts there for a second. <laughs> oh, no, my um, thoughts are. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm excited to see like what the direction that we go is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like we, there's been a lot of talking, there's been a lot of speculation. So, you know, time to see where Kevin Adams puts us next year. <laughs> Cause I think we could go in like completely opposite directions based on this off season. We could either try to do what we did last year and do like a retool with around Eichel, or we could get rid of him and also like, a couple other key pieces and go back into rebuild mode and now that we have the number one pick it's like do we try to stockpile a couple other number one picks do we try to um get a couple other like high-end prospects and like just build around a young core because i mean outside of eichel outside of reinhardt outside of ristolainen like if you look at the players that we have we're just super young and i don't think we have a player like i would say like a key player over 25 right i mean yeah 
you look at like Middlestat, Bjork, Rustalainen, Asplund, Cousins, Thompson, like all those guys are all in their low 20s. You draft a couple other guys that are right around that age. It's like, okay, we're building a maybe like a team that – you know, two to three, four years from now is all going to be in around the, like the mid to late twenties at the same time. And hopefully they'll be like more fully developed. It's like, can we be dangerous by then? So yeah, I think, you know, this next couple of weeks is going to define whether we're going to do that or try again with Jack Eichel. Um, or again, you know, I think the, the, the former of those two options is, is more likely. And so if you're expecting Eichel to be back, probably time to, you know, re- reassess. All right, well, we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. Um, the last thing I'll say is shout-out to Kim, Begula, Kim Pegula. Happy birthday. Um, her birthday was yesterday. You guys are listening to this as a recording. I thought it was hilarious how the Sabres organization tweets out happy birthday. You go to the comments, and it's an absolute gong show. Um, it's just so funny that, like, before I even clicked on it, I was just like, get ready for these comments here because they're just absolutely tearing her apart. Um, from the Sabres Twitter account. The Bills tweeted out, you go to their comments, it's a lot better, it's a lot nicer, but then you also have a couple Sabres fans trickling over still and saying, sell the Sabres. So it's just one of those things where whatever anything happens with the Pegula's related and like the social media teams are like required to tweet it out about them because of birthdays or whatever, it's just, you know, it's just like tough for those social media guys to, to send it out because they know they're going to get absolutely just hammered and it's hilarious every time. But well, I mean, they should sell Ken. the Sabres, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's just a, that's a, a whole different that's, that's a, a different conversation. Whether I agree with what they're saying or not, but they, <laughs> for the record, they should sell the Sabres. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you back uh, next week, same time, same place. Go Bills, go Sabres, as always, and we'll see you next time. Growing up in the golden age, throwing rocks to your window pane. Float away, but that ain't me anymore. Well, I don't mind if I sell my soul to get a song on the radio. Credit cards on the studio, that's a millennial. Do you remember how it feels to be young? Do you remember we could be anyone?